please join me in the prayer for illumination. Holy Spirit, who spoke to Moses from the burning bush, speak to us now in the reading and proclaiming of your word. Amen. Today's scripture reading is Exodus 3, 1 through 15, found in the Old Testament, page 50 in your Pew Bibles. This is the first call to Moses. This ancient story of God's calling an unlikely leader to bring salvation to the Israelites was written during the exile when the Israelites had seemingly lost everything, when they were crying by the rivers of Babylon. In it, you will hear a message of hope and deliverance, but also one of social action. Through this passage, the exilic writers tell us that God does not stand idly by while people are suffering, but has a plan for our deliverance. That we, like Moses, are commissioned to carry out. In this call narrative, Moses is instructed to confront the Pharaoh the source of injustice and oppression, with the blessed assurance that in this difficult and divine work, God's steadfast love is a constant. It will forever be there to guide and protect. Now hear Exodus 3, 1 through 15. Moses was keeping the flock of his father-in-law, Jethro, the priest of Midian. He led his flock beyond the wilderness and came to Oreb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of a bush. He looked, and the bush was blazing yet it was not consumed. Then Moses said, I must turn aside and look at this great sight and see why the bush is not burned up. When the Lord said that he had turned aside to see, God called to him out of the bush, Moses, Moses. And he said, here I am. Then he said, Come no closer. Remove the sandals from your feet, for the place in which you are standing is holy ground. He said further, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look at God. Then the Lord said, 
I have observed the misery of my people who are in Egypt. I have heard their cry on account of their taskmasters. Indeed, I know their suffering. And I have come down to deliver them from the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land to a good and broad land, a land flowing with milk and honey, to the country of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. The cry of the Israelites has now come to me I have often seen how the Egyptians oppress them. So come, I will send you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? He said, I will be with you, and this shall be the sign for you, that it is I who sent you when you have brought the people out of Egypt. You shall worship God on this mountain. But Moses said to God, Well, if I come to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your ancestors has sent me to you, and they ask me what is his name, what shall I say to them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. He said further, thus you shall say to the Israelites, I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, says, This shall you say to the Israelites, The Lord, the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever. And this my title for all generations. The word of the Lord. Maybe sometime in your life you have experienced a metaphorical fire. A time of emotional or physical crisis over which you have no control. A time when your whole world seems to be consumed by flames and you wonder if you are going to survive. Personal fires, serious illnesses, disabilities, unremitting financial problems, intense grief, hurtful relationships seem to be an inescapable part of the human condition. 
But this morning's scripture reading carries a profound message for those who struggle in life's flames. It assures us of God's presence. A presence we sometimes can actually feel in the midst of the fiery flames. God comes to us. Maybe through the listening ears of a patient friend or through a deacon who visits and delivers a prayer shawl or maybe through that revelation that comes in the middle of a sleepless night or even through the skillful hands of doctors. God finds a way to be present during our most vulnerable times. Every bedside prayer, I say, seeks to assure the one who is ill of this reality. As the Apostle Paul states in Romans, neither life nor death, nothing can separate us from the love of God. But this passage is also about corporate fires. It compels us to think about what happens when a whole society is ablaze, when life-threatening forces engulf an entire community. We anxiously wonder, will the fire consume the people, or will there be deliverance? How will the crisis change them? And where is God in all of this? Just as the people in West Africa, who are now suffering the Ebola epidemic, Just as Christians threatened by the brutality of ISIS in Syria, and just as those experiencing poverty and violence in our inner cities, the ancient Israelites were in the midst of a fire, captives in Babylon. They were like the burning bush, ablaze, but miraculously not consumed. Despite the chaos and upheaval, the pain and suffering, God was with them, loving them and working to provide a brighter future. This story illustrates the theology of the ancient Israelites that rested on the foundational concept that their one God was ever-present, no matter how flammable their lives were. This fundamental belief in a loving God, active in human history, for Christians culminated in the Incarnation, the embodiment of God in Christ. Today's 
passage assures us, as it did the ancient Israelites, that God sees, really sees, hears, and knows the pain of those who suffer. God can transcend the natural order of things and offer hope of resurrection. The God who self-identifies as I am, the ultimate reality, can work wonders, can work through us to bring a cure for Ebola, put an end to the violence in Syria, and solve the seemingly unsolvable social economic problems of the inner city. Moses learns that God not only sees, hears, and knows the suffering of the Israelites, but also has plans to deliver them from oppression. God promises a bright future in a land of milk and honey. But then comes the shocker to Moses, and to us. The tables turn. God's intentions become human responsibility. God plans to use Moses with all his vulnerabilities and imperfections to carry out the plan deliverance. Well, Moses naturally feels inadequate for this dangerous task. He protests. An Old Testament scholar, Walter Brueggemann, notes Moses' claim of inadequacy, surprisingly, is not meant with an assurance from God of his adequacy. God doesn't say, oh, Moses, you are up to the task. You are so well qualified. No, rather, God accepts Moses' imperfections and vulnerabilities and assures Moses that the task will be done because God will be with him. You see, while Moses focuses on the limitations of the past, God focuses on the promise of the future. As faithful people, we, like Moses, are not autonomous. God is directing our actions and pushing us to a future. We are chosen to be God's agents. And just as it was with Moses, God's intentions become our responsibility, obligation, and vocation. God tells us, like Moses, that we are not to stand idly by while people suffer. We are to use the gifts that we have been given 
No matter how small, no matter how inadequate they seem to heal the broken, scared, sick, and angry people among us. To pray for those on our prayer list, to visit those who are ill, to send cards, deliver meals, administer home communion, to sit and listen to offer practical help. As God's agents, we are called to be present with individuals whose world is burning up, just as God is with us in times of trouble. And like Moses, we are called to extinguish the systematic injustice that consumes so many communities and to confront the pharaohs who set the fires in the first place. Through our mission efforts, we are called to commit our time, treasure, and talents to work for peace and economic stability in this city and in nations around the world. With God's guidance, we are called to lead oppressed people out of the fire to a land of milk and honey, to a place where they can be safe and have all they need to survive, to a place where the air is clean and the water pure and the gifts of creation are available to everyone, a land of milk and honey. As the summer winds down and we stand on the threshold of a new church year with all of its challenges and with all of its promises, we can look toward the future with the assurance that God's love is constant there to both comfort and strengthen us during times of need and to guide us in the ministry we are called to do. Amen.